all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'd like to say hello to everyone that's been listening to my show. Good morning, good mid-afternoon, good evening, and to my night listeners, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. How you all doing today? <laughs> uh, this is what I want to say. I, uh, first, um, I want to ask you guys, did you get anything out of the last series that I, I done on diets? Uh, the program, hopefully, you get enough information out of that series. Now, the series probably was, about, uh, was approximately 10 shows. And sometimes I do series when I really try to... Uh, break down something on, on a certain topic or a certain subject it might be a series so it might be four shows or just the longest I believe I have ever done I believe on ten shows even over the shows that I've done about mental struggles and different things like that and uh, you know uh, this probably may have been the longest series I have done since I've been doing podcasting. At least close to 10 shows I've done dealing with uh, the human diet. I'm dealing with this keto diet, low carb diet. Now, for the ones that don't have no idea what I'm talking about, like you, you just may be tuning in or you might be a curiosity listener like I like to call you, just browsing podcasts. Uh, what I what I just got through doing is a very strong, informative, powerful series on the low carb, high carbohydrate carbohydrate diet, the keto diet, or you may know it as the Atkins diet. You know, many people know about those two diets, the keto and the Atkins. And but there's two more that's becoming hot diets. It's called the carnivore diet, all meat diet, and the lion diet. Both both of those diets are very very high protein, eighty percent, close to ninety percent. And then sometimes when it comes to the lion and somewhat the carnivore, it's basically almost a ninety five to a hundred percent all protein and fat diet so those are the ones that's kind of the fat that's out there now that many people is uh kind of getting into okay so i'm not going to talk about that now the reason i'm bringing it up so uh the ones that's just tuning into this show uh can go back if you want to know about weight loss if you want to know about uh, a very successful diet the pros and the cons or the cons and the pros of high protein <clears throat> low carb diet you may have been interested 
and uh, started that diet, please go back to those programs. You will get a lot of information on nutrition and how this diet works and everything like that. So I would recommend you if you are interested in doing that. Now, one of the diets out of those four I am doing today is called the carnivore diet or the all meat diet. That's the one that I'm doing today and I'm doing pretty well on that so far. Uh, off and on, I will keep you updated on how I on how I am doing on that diet, not only with weight loss, but more importantly, my health and nutrition and how I I have been feeling. So I will be very honest about how this diet is working for me. Now, this is not a one shoe fits all diet. It depends on your body. It depends on you. You have to go into this diet mentally more than just jumping in it physically. You have to go into a low carb, low carbohydrate diet. Why? Because you will be taken away. It's a taking away diet. What I mean by that, you are taking away the majority of the things you have been eating all your life, which is carbohydrates, good and bad carbohydrates. Okay, so to know what I'm talking about, please go back and check out this series. It's a very strong series if you're interested in the high protein, low carb diet. Okay, all right. With that said, I have another announcement. I want to talk about movies. (laughs) <laughs> I want to talk about movies. I'm a I'm an old school movie buff. And I, I mentioned that before. I'm an old school movie buff. What I mean by that is I like old movies. I like classics. I used to watch TCM quite a bit quite a bit now for the for the, the youngsters that know don't know what TCM is. It's the old it's the uh it used to be a program that, that uh, came on television, you know, before the internet really got stronger. It came on television. TCM uh, was founded by Ted Turner, I believe. It's called Turner Classic Movies. But even before I got into that, I was, and I guess I grew up because my dad was a, a, a television repairman, as they would call a television technician. And we had televisions everywhere, man. I mean, we was never without a television when television was the way to look at things on, see movies and stuff like that then, back in the early, the, the 60s, going our way back up to the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s, et cetera, and stuff like that before the World Wide Web became the internet and that got hot, you know, television. But I guess I grew up on a lot of old movies when I was a youngster old movies so that kind of caught me and I'm still today not as much but I'm still very much uh, infatuated with you know older classic movies and everything like that so I know quite a bit about old classic movies and stuff like that so I like movies you know but that's not what I want to talk about I want to make an announcement about movies and I consider myself I have a certain taste of movies and uh, everybody's taste is different. But I have a certain taste of movies, and I think I have a pretty good judgment when it comes to movies, especially documentaries and classics. So uh, I don't go to movies as much as I used to. You know, I've I, I subsided quite a bit of going to movies and stuff like that. It's just not the same. And they just don't have the move. They don't make the movies like they used to, especially now. But I, I'm going to uh, recommend a few movies for uh, the ones that like to go to movies and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to 
recommend a couple of movies that might be of interest to you all out there. If you if you are moviegoers and stuff like that, if you want to, uh, you're thinking about going to the movies or whatever, or you know you still have that in you, I can understand if you don't go anymore. I don't blame you because all the stuff in the jungle and the wokeness is out there. But these are for the ones if you are still interested in movies. Oh, we used to call it going to the show. <laughs> if you're still interested, move interested in movies. I have a few that I will recommend that I checked out uh, the last within the last few weeks or something like that uh, that I have checked out. Now, one of the movies, just as this is my movie review, and I don't give a lot of movie review, but I'm going to start doing that as well. Give you some certain movie reviews and everything. Now, I'm very particular on the movies that I. Uh, go see. It has to be something very enticing and something that moves me or a powerful documentary or something about a true story uh, that will, uh, will move me to go to a theater. You, you understand what I'm saying? You know, it has to be something. It has to be something I really want to see for me to go to a theater, okay? Now, remember back in, a, uh, not too long ago before the pandemic, I worked in the theater. I worked in Broadway theater. I seen a lot of Broadway shows. So I, I learned to like theater and I learned to like opera. Just uh, going to those shows, you know, and I like the opera because I worked in the Broadway theater. So I, have, I learned a lot about stage. So, uh, so that's kind of a little added, um, uh, I added something in my life that I might be doing a little bit more of because I like that and it's a few uh, shows that I've uh, in particular that stands out when it comes to theater one of them is uh, I don't have many but one of them is Phantom of the Opera I, no, I wouldn't say love it but I really do like this show I think it's a powerful show I think it's awesome powerful singing and vocals in that show and it also depends who is singing but the ones even the different actors that played the phantom of the opera uh they're powerful singers so i was very so that's that 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 show itself really touched me okay but let me digress back to the movies i uh recommend that I have seen it and I'm going to give you what I felt about them. I uh, went to go see this movie that's really been controversial and I don't know why. I don't know why it's controversial or, you know, around it because it's, you would think, especially the parents of today, you would think they will want to see something like this or participate in a, in, in a movie like this or, you know, <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> or want to follow a movie like this or even, you know, something you would just, you would. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Pink. And I was kind of surprised. I guess I shouldn't be, because the way things go now, you would think they would be more interested and will follow a movie like this, you know, stuff like that. And uh, the movie's called Sound of Freedom. It stars James Cavizio. For the ones that know who don't know who James Cavizio is, he was the actor that played Jesus in Mel Gibson's uh, Passion of the Christ. James Cavizio, Jim Cavizio. Uh, he's in his new movie called The Sound of Freedom. I've been out about a month now. I think it started in early July, July 4th, matter of fact. And it had a pretty tough time getting in different theaters around the world. Okay, but Sound of Freedom is one of them that I recommend. Now, I want to go see Sound of Freedom. And I kind of subjectively went in there knowing what it was going to be about. At least I thought it was anyway. I knew it had to do with sex trafficking, but I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about, uh, what's his name? Ballard, Tim Ballard, I believe his name is the, the, uh, the actor that Jim Cavizio played in the movie and uh you know before the movie even really started getting out <clears throat> and mel gibson was promoting it himself actor mel gibson it was getting a lot of pushback and i was surprised why is it getting a lot of pushback this sex trafficking is very important and very powerful what i mean by powerful not in a good way but many people uh don't know how dark this sex trafficking child sex trafficking is and it's certain players that's involved in sex trafficking you know that a lot of us probably would be surprised or shocked that who's involved in this type of sex trafficking you know so I thought many people would promote that's the word I'm trying to use promote this movie more uh, you know but it did open up very well. I think the first week, I believe it, uh, it sold over 40 million, something like that. It beat out Indiana Jones and the new Indiana Jones movie. It beat out that movie. I think it uh, opened up in week one over 40 million. I don't know what it has grossed since, but I remember earlier, a week or so ago, when it, 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 it busted out, it made more money than the Indiana Jones movie. So there was still a lot of people that went to go see Sound of Freedom. But what I, now, let me tell you, now, this is not a negative hit, but what I thought was going to be more about what's going on around the different countries, including the United States, when it comes to sex trafficking. Now, the United States does have a big part in sex trafficking, you know, really does. But it was based off of what went on in Colombia, Cal, not Cali. I was going to say Cali. That's where my fiance is from. I don't know why I said Cali, but Colombia. What part of Colombia? I'm not sure. It was based on the sex trafficking that was going on in Colombia, the country Colombia. It like singled that out and everything like that. But I thought it was going to be a little bit more broader, but it was different actors, actors as in people in the United States and, you know, I guess different areas that had a part or had their hand 
uh, in this sex trafficking. Now, besides all that, I'm not a TV critic or anything like that, but I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I'm not going to say great. Now, the reason I'm not going to say great is I don't consider calling a movie that's dealing with sex trafficking uh, 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 marketing as one of those great, great movies. I look at it more like a documentary. And I don't know too much about the story about Tim Ballard and nothing like that. I don't know too much about the story, but I thought the movies was was touching. Uh, I thought the movie uh, exposed a lot of things of different players and stuff like that in the movie. I guess I wasn't too surprised. I guess it would it wasn't nothing shocking because I already knew or heard about what's going on with sex trafficking, whether it's in Colombia or in America or different places like that. So I guess I had a more of a subjective uh, outlook when I went to go see the movie. So I wasn't surprised as a lot of other people probably was because I hear about this so much and I know the darkness of sex trafficking. So what was showed in that movie was not surprising to me, but it was still touching. You know, anything dealing with children touches me, you know. But it was still a movie, uh, you know, that I looked at that was good, that they was doing a movie exposing what was going on with the sex trafficking and stuff like that. Now, that's why I say it was a good movie. I wouldn't call it great on my part. I'm talking about my part. I wouldn't call it great. It's been a while before I seen a great movie anyway, so, you know, I'm I'm not going to trip on that because it's been a while before I consider I can call a movie a great movie, you know. Uh, but the message is powerful. The the heroism of uh, Ballard, Tim Ballard, the real Tim Ballard, the, the uh, character Jim Cavizio played, is very powerful. He he stepped out of line. I think he gave up his job from catching pedophiles, gave up his job from uh, setting up pedophiles to finding the children. And that's what that's the message. Some of the most of the message I got out of here that this man went from just setting up pedophiles to catching to trying to find the children, and that tucks up. That's, that takes that took more of a chance of him trying to find the children themselves, and I thought that was very heroic, uh, heroic of this man in real life that done this. You know, going from pedophile setup, you know, setting up pedophiles to going to find the lost children for the parents and stuff like that. Not, and I think that was and they 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 found quite a bit of children at the end of the movie. But my recommendation is very strong on that. You know, you might see it different than me and you know it might be a great movie to you. Now when I say it wasn't a great movie to me, I'm not putting it down as a bad movie because it's most definitely not a bad movie. It's a good movie. But I'm saying in my my perspective, I'm not calling it great because I already knew about this sex trafficking. If it was something surprising to me, I would say, wow, I didn't know that. But I could not say in this movie, I didn't know that because I already knew. But I give it a praise and I give it a uh, I give it five stars because it's the exposure of what's going on. You know, so I want you all to understand that on my part, I look at things 
differently than you and that's why you know something that you are already familiar with you know you give it an honest review and everything like that not because it was a bad movie it's because you just know about that information already you just want more people to get arrested and things to happen you know just like the uh uh the pj vax I see many, I'm looking at this series now about the truth about vaccines with Ty and Charlene Bullinger. And uh, I'm going to get back to the movies, but I'm, I'm showing you an example, you know, how I look at things. And a lot of things that they're showing on uh, the true, va- they got, it's, eight, it's, eight, it's eight programs. It's nothing shocking to me. It mainly upsets me because I think they expose so much that's going on, but things that I already know about. See, you understand what I'm saying? So I didn't get to the point that I'm not burnt out, but what I, I didn't get to the point, okay, we, we know all this stuff they're doing. When is there going to be indictments? When there's going to be somebody arrested? For this poison they putting out there, the PJ Vax they putting out there, I'm to that point. That's what I want to see. I want to see action. I don't want to hear nobody's speech or Congress saying this or whatever like that. You know, because they sweep any type of uh, fault or negligence on the PJ Vax, they sweep it under the table. I don't expect nothing from the main mainstream media or nothing like that. My point is all this stuff they are finding. Is the deep state that powerful? Is Big Pharma that powerful that not one person has been indicted yet for all this stuff they're doing? People dying left and right because of the PJ vaccine has already have been proven. It's because of the PJ vaccine. You know, I'm just looking for indictments now and I'm kind of upset and burnt out with all the things they find out. I really can care less about that now. Okay, when is somebody going to get indicted? What is going to take to indict somebody? That's my issue with all this now. Okay. And another reason why, because I know about all that other stuff. I'm just looking for indictments now. It's a lot of murder. Children and people are dying and nobody's getting indicted yet. And I I just, my patience is a little short with that. Okay. Now, back to the movies. The other movies I recommend that I just seen um, this past weekend was Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. They call him Oppenheimer. What's his name? I'm bad at names, man. Charles Oppenheimer, somebody. I don't know nothing about this Oppenheimer, but it caught my interest because I like documentaries. I like real strong documentaries. Not every documentary don't interest me. It's just certain documentaries that does, you know, and I use it as knowledge even for my podcast and stuff like that. But, you know, a movie is going to do a little grandstanding. A movie is going to do a little ad-living and adding. I know that about movies, whether it's an epic Bible movie, whatever. They're going to add a little bit more to it. I already know that. Because you don't know what goes on in between people's lives and in their quiet times. You don't know everything. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof. Not how you would have done that. 
you know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Everything, you know, you have to do your research and find people that's still alive that knew certain people and then you open home or something like that. But if they're not alive or they hear it from the grandkids, there's no way you can really know step by step or word by word that they said. So it's a little added to I already know that. But if it's close to the real history of a person. That's fine with me because I understand it's going to be a little ad and ad living and a little little Hollywood or a lot of Hollywood, you know, too much Hollywood. I don't want to see, you know, but just close to the history of Oppenheimer. Now, I went in there backwards. What do I mean? I went in there. I looked at Oppenheimer movie first before I done a little research on his life, which I just basically done. And according to his grandson and different people like that, I'm not going to tell you what the movie is about. It's kind of complex. And I will have to see the movie at least twice again. Now, I'm not going to go to the movies and uh, buy it and see it again. I'm going to wait till it come to Prime or something like that. Because I would, I want to, uh, before I give a full estimate or a review on it, I, I, this is the type of movie you have to see more than one time. It's three hours long. The movie is three hours hours long. It's the story of uh, this Oppenheimer guy that's supposed to be the supposed to be the creator of the atom bomb, which interests me, you know, and everything like that, man. The creator of the first nuclear uh, bomb, you will say that. And I didn't know with so many developments of bond. Then you have the, the war games about this nuclear fight between Russia, Germany, and the United States, maybe even Great Britain. Uh, it's a lot of history in it. And, and this and uh, this Oppenheimer was one of the fathers, very intelligent man, and very they was you call a person like this kind of enigma about him because he was more. He was somewhat, they said, uh, introvert, and then he can also be extrovert. But I believe, according to what the movie showed, and they said that this young man, I forgot his name, Sicilian, his last name, played uh, outstanding Oppenheimer. But the reason I could say that now, even his features kind of, and his movement, which was good, kind of favors Oppenheimer because I looked at the documentaries of Oppenheimer. He has a lot of photos and interviews about himself, especially of his trial. So I put those two together and, and, and I go by according to that, this this Sicilian guy, this actor, I think he's an Irish actor, I'm not sure. I've seen him in several other movies, which is pretty good. Uh, kind of un unorthodox, like Tim Hardy or you know Edward Norton. You know, you you don't know what you're going to get out of him, <laughs> or even Ryan Gosling. Kind of unorthodox and kind of in their way of acting, outstanding actors. But you don't know what you're going to get. They kind of look like they kind of unhinged sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Ryan Goslings and uh, uh the Edward Norton, good actors, and I like those type of actors because they're very versatile and everything. But they're somewhat also unpredictable. And this guy is like that to me, the Sicilian guy. So I think he, according to the documentary I just looked at for the uh, the real Oppenheimer, the guy done an outstanding job. The movie is very, it kept my attention. I got sleepy because I can't look at a movie a long time no more. Maybe it's age. But I did get sleepy. I got a little aggravated because I couldn't find my seat. Why? Because I was looking for seat A, B because my bad eyes. And it wasn't A, B. It was A, 8. 
And all that time I'm searching, I was sitting in everybody's seat, people. You in my seat, and then I had to get up. You in my seat. So it was kind of frustrating at first. It wasn't the people. It was me because studying me just really looking at my phone. I was looking for seat A, B, uh, which was wrong. I was supposed to be looking for the seat A, 8. And all that time, I killed a lot of time. It kind of frustrated me, so I couldn't really get into the movie earlier. But after that, I enjoyed it <clears throat> because... Uh, not because of action, because ain't no action. It's a lot of dialogue. In order for me to really look at a movie with a lot of dialogue, three hours long, you got to, the acting has to be good. The timing has to be good for it to catch, catch my interest. The acting. And they had a lot of good actors up in there, man. They had Matt Damon. They had Robert Downey Jr. that played the Strauss guy that betrayed Oppenheimer. They had quite a few actors up, the heavy hitters, you know, that makes a lot of money in this movie. So it was quite a few actors and everything. Those guys just kind of stand out. Uh, Matt Damon that played the general. Then you have uh, Robert Downey Jr. that played Strauss. So, you know, you have a lot of, it's a, quite a few actors up in there. So it was pretty good in that sense that caught my attention because it was intense. I think the sound effects was powerful. Very powerful. The sound effects with the, the explosions of the bomb and all his thinking. It was very uh, a lot of people don't want to, wouldn't want to deal with a movie like that, you know, these days. But I, I, I looked at the movie as uh, pretty, very good. I looked at the movie as very good because I didn't know what to expect in this movie. I kind of knew what this, so what to expect in uh, Sound of Freedom, but I didn't know what to expect in uh, Oppenheimer because I didn't know nothing about Oppenheimer. See, that's the difference. That's why I, 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 I found this more of. Our interest, not because of the subject matter, it's because I didn't know nothing about Oppenheimer and who was the creator of the atom bomb. Why, uh, as in Sound and Freedom, I knew about sex trafficking and stuff like that, so that wasn't shocking to me. You understand what I'm saying? So those two movies, I recommend uh, for people to see. Now, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, I really recommend Sound of Freedom because to make that movie without no cussing and all the bad cussing and stuff like that, very limited, I think uh, you will be able to handle that, you know, because it's hard to even make a movie these days without any without any foul language, just because that's the way a lot of people talk these days. But uh, as cleanness, I think it's just PG-13. Is it? I think it's just PG-13. It's pretty good when it comes to the language. It's pretty easy on it on your ears if you are a believer or you're just a person who don't like a lot of cussing like me. I, I I don't like all that. You know, I just tolerate so much of it. But Sound of Freedom is a movie that's pretty good on the ears, but at the same time is very interesting and deep. It will entertain you with the truth. Oppenheimer as well. It wasn't a lot of filthy uh, foul language in Oppenheimer that I think it was a, a, a believer, a man and woman of God can stomach. Now, the con of the movie is the sexual scenes, which I can do without. And you can talk about, I don't need to know about the sexual person's life. You know, just like when I looked at the whale, I don't need to know about his life or his his secret life and stuff like that, you know. But that's how the world is. They they, they said they sail, 
you know, sex is a sale. Sex is hot. So, you know, they got those few scenes, and it's not a lot. It's very little scene. But if you can, can get through that, you know, it's a good movie to watch. But that scene, uh, I would say, it's not to the point that I say you don't want to watch the movie because of that because it's, it's a small part but if you cannot stomach it I can understand it don't go see it see, it depends on how strong you are or you might have a certain struggle with sex if you are that type of person I recommend you to just walk all of that walk away from that part or don't go see the movie at all you understand what I'm saying so you know, it's hard to get out of that and everything like that. Now, I didn't, I didn't know it was have, I didn't know it was gonna have that part in it. You know, I didn't even do that much research because they don't tell you about that. And even on some of the reviews, don't bring up that because that's not important to a lot of people. But as a believer, as a man and woman of God, we need to know those things even before we go see a movie. But sometimes we don't know until we go see it. That's just the dice we throw and the chance we take. So that part, I didn't not like I didn't need to see you know those sexual scenes and stuff like that it wasn't real gross but it you know anything that's showing naked bodies even if they're not showing anything your mind go further even if the woman's part is covered up and the man's part is covered up your mind already knows what's going on so it creates the rest of the arrest of the physical body your imagination goes into the rest of the parts of the body that's a powerful uh, sexual, you know, uh, scenery and imaginary things are. So that's the con in the movie for me, you know. So by far, would I recommend it? Yes, I would still recommend it. But you know me, I like to give you the cons of things also. So you can make your own due diligence, your own decision. So I recommend those two movies. I don't know anything else. I'm, I ain't, I'm not, not even interested in saying, but those two was strong enough for me to even go to a theater, which I don't like doing anymore, you know, to go see Sound of Freedom. I recommend that big time and Oppenheimer. So I give them head and head, go see both of them. You know, the most important one though is Sound of Freedom. No doubt, Sound of Freedom. That's a very touchy, very sensitive part dealing, you know, sex trafficking children. If you don't see Oppenheimer, you that's okay. You can read his documentary. You can read documentaries on Sound of Freedom as well, Tim Ballard. But if you want to see movies, if you like movies, Sound of Freedom is the first one I recommend, you know. And then if you want to see something about the documentary about the atom bomb, Oppenheimer, okay? <clears throat> all right. Now, with all that said, I'm going to be starting off, Lord's willing, a series now. I dealt with a physical diet. I dealt with the physical diet. Now, I'm going to do another series, hopefully not as long, but it's going to be as deep. And that's going to be spiritual diet. Spiritual diet. And what I'm going to be dealing with is spiritual diet, or I like to call it obesity in the church, spiritual obesity, you know. So it has nothing to do with overweight physically or in bad health physically like I done on my uh, the, the last series on, you know, the other diet. This is going to be deal with spiritual, spiritual obesity. Now, 
for the ones who understand what I mean by spiritual. Most of you should because I, I go over many things a lot. What I mean about spiritual obesity is for the church, for the saved people. This, this is for the men and women of God that's in a church that goes to a denominational church and or have been going for 20, 30, 40, even 50 years for some people or just regular church goers, young and old. We as a church, especially a denominational church, has been saturated with bad spiritual sugar and Carbohydrates. Say, <laughs> Joe, what you, you you know what I'm talking about? Sound doctrine. The the bad sugar and the bad carbohydrate spiritually in the church is doctrine, traditional doctrine, traditional upbringing. The majority of people that goes to church is really caught up in that type of traditional obesity. Okay, traditional obesity. You may be amazed or you may get upset with a series that I'm finna do. Because, but it's very important. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. The stuff that I'm gonna be talking about, you can you can check it out or whatever like that, you know, because it's not typical Bible study. But what is, is going to be pertaining to uh, how we got or why we believe what we believe. And why is there so many denominations? Just like I talked about the diet, physical diet, why there are so many diets? And why America is such and bad health and obese. Now, when it comes to the church, it, it's also in America. Why is America's church has so many denominations? Did, ha, did you ever think about that? Or you just don't even care? Or you think that's the norm? And a lot of people believe that's the norm. Why does the American church has so many denominations. Now, if you listen to me internationally, look at your country. Your country probably have different denominations as well, okay? So I'm not, I'm sure it's in your country too, but I'm looking at here because I'm here in the United States, the US of A. So you look at your country and, or look at it worldwide. See, worldwide obesity is spread worldwide now, physically, but it's also spiritually. So let me speak here of America. You ever asked yourself, if you have not, you should. And you should research it. Why is there so many denominations? That's something you need as a man and woman of God to ask yourself, why is there so many denominations? I never thought about that when I was in church uh, back in the past. I never really thought about that. And I was, I grew up in a predominantly one denomination, which was the Church of God in Christ, a holiness church, Pentecostal church, most people call it, see. And growing up, that's, I was uh, 
traditionally programmed and trained, if you may say, and that type of belief of that church, church of God in Christ. Now, whatever church you grew up in, just think about your church. You got to follow me along. Now, this is just an introduction. I'm not going to get into details, you know. It's going to take me some time because I work and I, I do other things, whatever like that. So just bear with me if you don't see the next episode right after each other. You know, like you've done somewhat with the physical uh, weight loss, stuff like that. But it has to start with as a believer I'm going to talk about the unsaved as well it has to start with the believer before I get to the details of obesity spiritual obesity you have to let's go back let's go back of what church denomination you was brought up in whether it's the Church of God in Christ, whether it's the Baptist Church, whether it's the Lutheran Church, whether it's the Catholic Church, whether it's the Presbyterian Church, whether it's the Universal Church, whether it's the, uh, you know, whatever denominational church you was brought up in. You basically knew if you was paying attention, and whether he was paying attention or not, it kind of got in you of what is taught in your church. Also, do you know your church creed? Do you know your church liturgy or your church doctrine or your church statement of faith or what your church believe in? And try to stand in, but what your church believe in? If you don't know that, look it up. Ask your pastor, do y'all have a statement of faith? Most believers go to their church don't even know they have a statement of faith, but Look up and try to find out what is the statement of faith in your church. Now, what does statement of faith mean? Statement of faith means what do your church or your denomination or the church you go to believe in about the Bible? What they believe the Bible is saying. That's very important. Even if you're searching for a church, find out what your church believe in. What is the church liturgy? What is the statement of faith of your church? find that out. That's something I did not do. See, I'm giving you some tips that you can do something I did not do, you know. Now, what I knew about the Church of God in Christ is what I was just taught. You know, I don't remember reading no statement as faith. I guess I wasn't even interested. I guess when I was younger, there was no interest to me because I wasn't saved. I wasn't thinking about getting saved. I was forced to go to church. I was made to go to church by my dad and my grandparents and stuff like that because we grew up in the church. So I was basically programmed that way in the church of God and Christ. So I didn't know too much about, I just figured the majority of the churches talked the same way because I was so caught up in, you know, or I'm not going to say jailed, but it felt like in prison and my denominational church, which is the Church of God in Christ. So I I knew a lot, but I knew so much little because I didn't know too, I didn't know the Bible too much. The only thing I knew about the Bible is what my uh, my denominational church and my pastor told us what the Bible said. See, back then my pastor was my granddad, my grandpapa. We called him. He was a pastor, Elder Paul Brownlee. He was a pastor, so. And his preaching was predominantly 
hell and damnation type of preaching. Good right or get saved or go to hell and stuff like that. Or he have a revelation teaching or something like that was predominantly, you know, uh, revelation type of teaching. So it was it was strong, but it was scary. It was almost like scaring you to heaven, <laughs> you know. But my point is, look at your traditional church because I'm going to be hitting a lot of that to get to my point you know and what your church teaches or what they according to their faith or their liturgy liturgy uh, or their creed whatever you want to call it it might be a good recommendation to find out because most churches do most churches do or they should have some type of statement of faith or you can do this if you can't get it from your church or you're afraid to ask your pastor and I don't know why you shouldn't be you should be but if you're afraid to ask your pastor find out whatever denomination you go to look it up google it AI it or whatever and they they have uh, different breakdowns on statements of faith of any denomination. You don't have to ask your church now, because the, they can be they can be googled uh, for statement of faiths of whatever church that you want to know about. If you don't want to approach your pastor, but I don't see why not. You know, because everybody in the congregation. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday to those who visit mickey d's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee give this mickey d's brew a second chance the glow up was real try any size iced coffee brewed with 100 arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m and pair it with a savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for 2.79 prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Whatever church building you go to should have or know where to find in your church the statement of faith of what your church believes in and what they believe the Bible is saying. You may be surprised. You may be surprised. Okay, I really want you to do that. Don't just just really do that. You know, I'm not saying leave your church or stay in your church. I'm just saying find out what is the statement of faith of what your church believe and what they stand on, okay? Very important. And the reason I want you to do that, what I'm going to be talking about is going to make more sense when I talk about spiritual obesity. You know, spiritual obesity. I often say, and this is true, the majority of believers, and I'm talking about believers, say people, I'm not talking about the uh, unsaved yet, you know, but the saved people, the one that call themselves believers or Christians, part of the body of Christ. The majority of our 
knowledge of the Bible came from what we heard or what was taught to us from a pastor, whether it's a home pastor, I mean, a church pastor or a television evangelist or whatever. We had got a lot of our so-called Bible knowledge from a, 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 a church pastor and or a television pastor. A lot of people got their favorite people that they listen to and they get, they go by a lot of what is being taught to them from that person. Whether it's your pastor, uh, also some evangelist or pastor on television that you follow, see, or you listen to on the radio. You follow along with, you get, the majority of us got a lot of, uh, not mean this, this is no just nitpicking, the majority of us got a lot of, uh, a lot of our knowledge, so-called Bible knowledge that way, whether it's true or false, we got it that way. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I, I really, th I, I really would like to hear your feedback during this series. I really would. I really would like to hear some feedback of your upbringing in your denominational church. Now, talk to the ones that grew up in the church, whether you're still in it or not, but grew up in a church, church as in church building. Not the body of Christ, but church as in church building. And you are saved, okay? Do you know your statement of faith? Do you, if you don't know your statement of faith, you can research your statement of faith. It depends on the, unless it's an independent church or, and what I mean by independent, that means many denominations or many faiths go to independent churches, don't have a main uh denominational statement is just many denominational or people go to an independent church but if you in a denominational church meaning those churches are called out find out what your statement of faith is Catholic Church all that stuff find out what the statement of faith is and what they believe what they preach or teach what the Bible is saying okay alright that's very important the reason I'm saying this because for you believers that listen to me, I may be saying some things about the Bible, especially if you are saved, you listen to Connecting the Dots, which I'm doing a teaching on Colossians right now. I may, I have no doubt I may be saying some things that's contrary to what you've been taught in your church. And it sounds a little different. It might even sound a little occultist to some listeners. You, you understand what I'm saying? That way, I would like you to just make some comments and whatever like that and what you don't understand, what you find different. And we can go from there. See, I don't know everything, but I know the basics. I know how to rightly divide the basics, you know. You don't have to be a theologian to know how to rightly divide because once you learn how to rightly divide things make more sense. You can explain things more. So, you know, you might be off some, but that's okay. We don't get, nobody does nothing 100% correct. No believer. Only Jesus, you know. But my point is, <clears throat> that will help if you just comment, comment on things like that, you know. This is nothing mandatory for you to do, but it will help me to know that you are listening or you know where I'm going. doesn't matter where you live at here in the United States or whatever country you live in, that will help me a lot, you know. 
and also virtual. If you want to do it virtually, like I, I talked about the last time, you virtually just let me know. We can do it virtually, but it has to be on a mutual time. But my point is, do that. You know, please do that. Whoever is listening to my podcast, because through this series, uh, a lot of people's not going to agree. Uh, and some will, some won't, some will, some won't. So I'm not too much caught up in that. But what I'm going to always try my best to do is try to preach the and teach the truth. Make it common sense in a Bible perspective, you know. Now, there's lots and lots and lots of error in the church, the body of Christ now. Lots of doctrinal error in the body of Christ. Say, Joe, how you know that? Sure, that's very easy. Look how many denominations is it. How many denominations are out there, including yours? Well, they, that's because you know God got a sutra. Uh, the Bible says different things at certain times. It's just different interpretations that you read the Bible, whatever like that. Oh, is that true? Is that really true? So, in the word of God. What you are telling me when certain things God says certain things in his Bible very clearly, it could be interpreted another way. Okay? It could be interpreted any type of way that's comfortable for the church or whatever like that. If it's plain, I'm not talking about the difficult passages in the Word of God. And that depends on your translation. I'm not talking about the difficult passages, I'm talking about the very simple ones. You know, that many churches interpret in a certain way, you know, because they're caught up in the interpretation of their denomination, not the interpretation of the Bible. Because the Bible, especially the King James, I know a lot of you don't like me saying that, but especially the King James can interpret itself. The Word of God interprets itself once you learn how to read it, because sometimes it's right there in our face. The, the interpretation of the Bible the King James Bible it is it interprets itself I'm not talking about all these other uh, translations, English translations I'm talking about the King James Bible interprets itself I never knew that until I learned to somebody taught me it interprets itself you know, so <clears throat> one of the reasons I know there's error in the church is denominations denominations see many different churches why are there so many different churches in the United States and around the world did you you ever think about that what makes a church gathering different from another church gathering is some type of disagreement even if you just say, for instance, 
just say one denominational church, the Pentecostal church. There's many branches. There's many different Pentecostal churches, just like there's many different Baptist churches, Southern Missionary Baptist, this type of Baptist. And there's why you think they're split, split up like that because of doctrinal differences. Because of doctrinal differences, somebody is an error. Correct. Somebody is an error. Because all those churches, denominations, can't be correct. Let me say that again. Somebody is in error because all these denominations cannot be correct, even though they say they preach in the word of God or teach in the word of God. And their congregation goes along with them. Somebody is in error. How come this a hard time fellowshipping together? I'm not saying getting along, but just fellowship. It's a doctrinal difference in these churches, in these denominations. It's a doctrinal differences. We have to learn to accept that, you know, whether you accept it or not. That's part of the area itself. That's part of the problem. Now, another way you can know, compare your denominational church and other denominational church uh, compare that to the churches of the Bible. Now, this is going to be your homework. This is going to be your challenge. Not only what's been taught uh, liturgy-wise or statement of faith to your church, but I'm, I'm trying to teach you something. Compare it to the Bible. How did they fellowship and the Bible when it comes to the church. Now, most churches follow the kingdom program. They follow the Apostles' Creed. Jesus' earthly ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, early Acts especially. The majority of the church, especially here in America, maybe even around the world, I believe, 90-something percent of the churches follow the kingdom program or the majority of their teachings is out of those books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, some of the Old Testament, whatever like that, and very little of the Apostle Paul teaching uh, or his letters. You can, uh, you can find that out very easily in your denomination of what your pastor teaches or guest or whatever like that because majority of the time when it comes to denomination their guest is going to be from the same denomination I'm not saying all the time but the majority of the time is going to be from their denominational uh, uh, denominational you know gatherings you know they might have some type of uh, a certain office, you know, you have these main events and everything where denominations have these certain events, these super events where all the Southern Baptists meet here, all the Pentecostals meet here, whatever like that. Whatever it is, it's a split. They all have these certain little super meetings and stuff like that. So the majority of their evangelists or their guest speakers is from the same denomination of the most of the time, correct? I'm not saying all the time, but the major, most of the time they're from the same denomination. You know, I know it was in the church. I was doing most of the ones that came to my church. We had a few Baptists, but the majority of the time <clears throat> it was they was from the Church of God in Christ. They was part of that program, you know, and most denominations are have certain leaders to the point that 
certain, they cannot even open up a certain church unless their leadership appoint them to that denominational church. You understand what I'm saying? Most denominational churches, especially when it comes to Baptists and Pentecostal and stuff like that, I can't I can't talk about every other church, but I can, I know about this. They have a certain leadership. It's just like uh, uh, you have your presidents, you have your CEOs. Yeah, you. It's the same. It's a lot of like that when it comes to uh, denominational churches and stuff that stuff like that. Certain pastors have to be appointed. They just can't start their own church. They have to be appointed if they're going to stay in that denomination. There's no freedom. They have to be appointed. It's been like that for years in denominational churches, especially Baptist church. They have to be appointed. They can't really freelance. Now, you probably got something to do it now, but I'm just talking about that's the, usually the norm, the traditional norm. They have to be appointed by their leaders when it comes to denominational churches, a big chunk of denominational churches. I can't say, oh, I can't claim that. But I know a lot of them go that route. They're not really free to just say, okay, I'm finna start a church. If they plan on staying in in that denominational uh, stigma or dogma, whatever you want to call it, you know. You you find that true, you disagree, let me know. Just let me know. Leave a comment. I don't know if you agree or disagree or not, because I don't hear, you never leave comments, so I don't know. But I'm going to keep talking anyway long as you're listening. See, what I want you to do, I want you to search. Find out the statement of faith of your church. If you don't want to ask your pastor, you can find that very easily, so it's no excuse, you know. And and compare it with the church of the Bible. If you claim to be a kingdom builder, which I hear that a lot. A lot of churches call themselves kingdom builders, whatever that means. I have an idea, but I don't know. Kingdom builders. And uh, therefore, if they believe they're a kingdom builder, they, without even knowing it, is taking a program that was only meant for Israel. So they call themselves kingdom builders because anything that's dealing with the kingdom especially the kingdom on earth, the kingdom of heaven. And many of many believers say this loosely and have not not even educated on what they are saying. In other words, when you say you are part of the kingdom or you follow Jesus earthly ministry. Listen closely to what I'm saying. When you say that. You saying. You're under the law. <laughs> Did you know that? You put yourself right back under the law. When you say you follow Jesus' earthly ministry and you are a kingdom builder, you've, you're here to usher in the kingdom, you said you're Israel. Now I'm going to get deeper into that. That's part of the obesity. you saying you're Israel. Okay? That's if you are saying that. You're saying you Israel because uh, you're also saying that you're part of the body of Christ. So you're saying you're part of the kingdom and you're part of the body of Christ. 
you send you both. Say, Joe, where you going with this? I'm going to get into that later on down the line. So you're part of the body of Christ and you're part of the kingdom program. You're a kingdom builder. Okay. Okay, I get it. I get it. I'm going to get more into that, you know, because it's leading somewhere. I'm going to digress now. I'm not going to get hard, you know, far as that. Later on down the line, you know, I'm going to get tougher but respectful. Not tougher as that I know everything, but I'm just going to have you to search this yourself, <clears throat> you know, with your Bible. But the important thing, I'm going back, your statement of faith and whatever's been taught in your church. I don't care how long you've been in your church. Uh, line it up with the Bible. Don't ignore it. Don't go with there with go go in with a subjective type of mindset because you're gonna ignore what the Bible says and just go with what your pastor teach, which is very bad to do. I'm gonna just be straight up with you. So this is gonna be your challenge. Just like the diet I talked about, the physical diet. What I'm gonna talk about now is it's gonna be some taking away that you might not want to do. Most of you probably don't want to do that. It has nothing to do with leaving your church. That's your choice. I'm not never telling nobody to leave their church. But you're going to have to take off some things spiritually to get to understand and know what the Holy Spirit is saying, really saying to you through his word, not traditional uh, statement of faith dogma. That's going to be the challenge through this series. That's going to be the challenge through this series. See, the reason I'm saying this is I have a Bible teaching program called Connecting the Dots on uh, podcast, Spotify podcasting. And for the believer that's listening to me, you can go there for Bible teaching and Bible study. But if you don't get the basics of rightly dividing God's word, and if you don't know the difference between the kingdom program and the gate grace program, you're not going to want you're not going to want to hear the things that's been taught on connecting the dots from me and other guest speakers audio that I have on there. You have to understand the basics first. Because what I'm going to be talking about, and I'm not going to get too deep, but I'm going to be talking about secret and mystery. See, those type of terms. I lay down the line, I'm going to read a few scriptures. So it's going to be somewhat a Bible study light here on Body of Christ Real Talk, mainly for the believers and any listener. And what I'm going to try to do is get you all to at least take a look at the two differences the differences between the kingdom of heaven program and the body of Christ program because those are two different programs you can't be in both and that's going to hurt and bother a lot of people because your church interchanges when they, and I know they do when they preach 
They talk about the candle, then they talk about the body of Christ. They talk about Peter and Paul and all, and they talk about Jesus' earthly ministry and Jesus' heavenly ministry. You know, it's, it's confused, but it goes over your head because you look at it as one church. But there's, there's three different times, three different churches that the Bible mentions in the Bible. The church in the wilderness in the times of Moses and Stephen talked about that. You have the kingdom church, the messianic church, when Jesus said on that rock, what Peter said, I will build my church. That's the kingdom church. Then you have the church, the body of Christ. Those three different churches, churches. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. The Jeep Black Friday sales event is here with incredible deals on a wide selection of Jeep 4x4 vehicles. Right now, get 15% below MSRP for an average of 11514 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE Overland or Summit. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 11514 average based on 15% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee 4xE Overland and Summit models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1130. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mainly meaning assembly. You have those three different type of assemblies. So when you minister to somebody and witness to somebody, do you know which church you're telling them about? Because they all are not the same church. You probably never heard that before. <laughs> and but about time when I do get through the series, you're going to have some time or you should if you don't stop listening as some of you might you should have some type of basic idea about rightly dividing and why I use that term rightly dividing so much okay you have some type of idea what I mean by rightly dividing because I'm going to show you how the best way I can best way I can I don't expect a lot of you to know that now. I would never say that. Because, first of all, you have to take the curtains off. You have to be traditionally broken first. You have to be lose that weight, spiritual weight. The Bible talks about weights. Did you know that? In the King James, especially. The Bible talks about weights that slow us down. I forgot what scripture that was, but certain weights that slow us down. Certain weights doesn't mean it's sin all the time, but it's certain things that stopping our growth. Certain weights. Okay? You look at it in a spiritual way just like you look at it in a physical way. It's a lot of things we cannot do physically because we're overweight. Because we're overweight, we're obese physically which leads to bad health and other, other other comorbidities and stuff like that it's a lot of things we cannot do or perform because we're overweight you you finished the puzzle but i'm just saying you know what it is i don't know i know this for me you know that's why i'm on a physical diet now but there's certain things we cannot do or perform no more because we're overweight 
physically. The same goes with the church spiritually. We cannot grow in certain things. We cannot go further in in God's eyes, not our own, in God's eyes, because we have so much weight and obesity on us spiritually. I'm going to get into the different things that makes us obese spiritually later on down the line, but this is just an introduction, okay? This is just an introduction because there's more to it. I hope you just hang in there and stay along with me. Some will somewhat, some won't. So what? You know, at least I get it. At least I, at least I got it out there. I'm not going to, you know, lose sleep over it. But my point is, uh, what I learn, I teach. Now I say that often. Whatever I learn, I teach. If I make a mistake, I'll let you know if I made a mistake. Because I do. Because I do. So I'm not here to play around and try to talk to you like I'm perfect. Because I learn as I learn. See? Some things the Holy Spirit revealed to me that, you know... And mind boggles me. You know, I might not have an edge or might not got a grip on it and belief-wise, but I just get it out there because this is, you know, it's usually lined up with the Word of God. But when I get the guessing sometimes and I don't think about sometimes, I can make a mistake with numbers or even scriptures or just make a mistake. So those things happen. So don't get, don't think I'm, I know everything. But when it comes to rightly dividing, I don't find that hard anymore. That's very basic to me. Why? Because I know now. I'm not saying you do, but I'm just saying me. It's kind of basic to me now. And, you know, that's because I was searching because I got tired of being confused spiritually. I got tired of being confused spiritually, hearing all type of doctrines and all type of teachings and what is for today and what is not for today and doing this and doing that you got to dress this way you got to look this way. you know it, it became confusing to me and if you're like that don't you want to get out of that confusion and really know what God's word is saying and really hear God talking to your spirit not audibly but I'm talking to your spirit man because that's how God talks to us through our spirit how through his word through his word not audibly through his word and the only way you can know that if you get all that unnecessary obesity spiritual weight off of us to hear God's what he's saying through his word he's not coming with no new revelation I don't care what these teachers and preachers say God is not giving nobody no new revelation you don't even you can't even understand the old revelation of what is in the Bible what are he going to give you something new for and new prophecies and stuff like that. No, I man, you can't even understand the, the prophecies in the Bible now. So, no, God is not telling nobody nothing new. He's not going over his word. See, he would not go over his word to give you some type of fleshly new revelation. Okay? What's in his word is what you get. You have to have faith in what's in his word. Not looking for no new revelation. No, the Lord told me this. Not the Lord ain't told you. None of your flesh did. It's some type of spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. If it ain't lining up with his word. 
the Lord is not giving you something to tell me or not giving me something to tell you. Everything God has to say is in his word. You can agree or disagree. That's part of traditional upbringing. Traditional upbringing. Or you might have read it out of the Bible. Majority of the time it's the Old Testament or the Gospels. And you just think it's for you. You think a lot of things that the disciples done in the book of Acts. Or even what Jesus done. When Jesus said you would be able to do these things too. When Jesus told them that he was talking to the disciples Israel. He wasn't talking to you and me. Ouch. <laughs> That's why you can't do it. You cannot do it. When Jesus said the things that you see me do, you would be able to do more. Ye, you put it in context. You put it in the right dispensation. You rightly divided. He was talking to Israel. He was talking to the disciples. Even when Jesus was talking to certain things that's going to happen, he was talking to the disciples. He wasn't talking to every Jew, but it was certain disciples like the 12 was doing the majority of the signs and wonders and stuff like that. Not every Jew. Did you know that? Not every Jew, let alone no Gentiles was doing it. They was into witchcraft and all kind of stuff. But not every Jew was doing those miracles of signs and wonders. The majority of the time, it was the apostles. They was the leaders. They was, the, they was the pillars of the church, the kingdom church. They was doing the majority of the signs and wonders. I'm not saying nobody else was, not whatever like that, but they was doing, every Jew did not speak in different languages. Did you know that? Well, you know it now. See, you got to line up things how the Bible taught things, not what so much, bless their hearts, your pastors taught you because they're in a denominational Way you know they caught up in the most of the time the flesh, so it's a certain energy that moves them that they sound so good. You know that's why some of them can preach a two-hour sermon on one verse. No other context but a two-hour sermon on one verse, and everybody saying Hallelujah, Amen, running around the church, especially the Pentecostal church. <laughs> okay, so. What I'm not going to be doing a lot of is putting down other churches. I think that's it's too much church fighting in YouTube right now. I don't want to get into that. But when it's time to just talk about certain things that's not right and it's not right for the day, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I want you to know that now. I'm going to put it out there. And it might be in your church. You know, it might be in your church. But it's there to help you, not to hurt you. Okay. And a lot of things I will be talking about, a lot of you guys and young men and young ladies going to know is true because you are, you are being hurt by your church spiritually. You've been hurt by your church. Your church told you many things that's not happening in your life. You can fake it. You 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 psycho psychosomatic it and really believe. And then you know, good well, those things are not happening in your church. See, all this got to do with spiritual obesity, being spiritually overweight. All of that unnecessary weight has to come off for you to learn, to come into, I'd rather say, the knowledge of the truth. You will never come into the knowledge 
of the truth until you get all that fat and weight off of us. Then we can come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't care who you are. A lot of us is just overweight and unhealthy spiritually in the church. And God cannot use us until we get that stuff off of us. Because he will not have us going out there preaching and teaching false doctrine, even if we do it sincerely. You could sincerely have somebody go to hell. So God ain't worrying about you doing things sincerely. He worrying about us doing the right thing, sound doctrine. Okay? So this one I'm going to be talking about a lot in this series. You know, how to get out of spiritual obesity, how to lose weight spiritually. No, you probably never heard that before. It ain't in the Bible. So don't, don't, oh, Joe, I ain't seen that in the Bible. This is just an analogy I'm using. It's a metaphor, okay? And I don't do that a lot. But for the ones that's kind of picky, love crossing the T's and dotting the I's, this is just metaphors I'm using, okay? All right. But it, you will see where I'm going. You know, it's okay to use sometimes allegories. It's used in the Bible. And I'm not talking about a parable. Parable allegory is not the same thing. I'm not talking about Jesus' parables, okay? Uh, but my point is, it's going to sound just like losing weight with a high-protein, low-carbohydrate diet. And I'm doing that purposely because they just go hand-in-hand hand almost, man. And both of them are very rejected. When the truth is out there, the majority of the people rejects truth and don't even know it. They rejected the truth. Why? Because they heard a lie for so long. And the lie becomes the truth. So when the truth really comes, they cannot get it. They cannot accept it. They cannot see it. Or they will not accept it. So the majority of the things that you're going to hear from me is rejected, especially when I come to the term dispensation. It's going to be rejected. If you brought it up to your church, they will reject that without even knowing the full understanding of it. And even if they do know it, they're just going to reject it. They're going to ignore the common sense truth. I'm just going to let you know that now. I'm going to get into the pros and the cons of Bible doctrine. Yep, it is some cons of Bible doctrine. I didn't say the word of God. Listen closely. I didn't say the word of God is some cons of the word of God. Now, I'm going to tell you what I mean. First, if you want to look at cons in the word of God, the cons is the things that you don't want to accept and you don't want to do. It's not God's word being a con. A negative is what is that we don't want to do it. That's the kind I'm talking about. See, all right. Then I'm gonna get into uh, the cons and denominations, and my denominations. I'm gonna start with my denomination. You know the cons because if you was taught to do this, you have to line it up with the Bible, not by your experience or your feelings. Listen carefully. You have to line it up with the word of God, not by your experience or your feelings, because experience and feelings come and go. You got the uh, listen close. You got the unsaved people that goes by feelings and experience. You got the occult and witchcraft that goes by feelings and experience. So therefore, you can always be deceived by feelings and experience. See, 
But when you stick to God's word, the majority of the time you ain't going to feel nothing. You just have to believe it by faith. You understand what I'm saying? So if you, you if you're the type of person that's caught up in feelings and emotions and stuff like that in your church, what I'm going to be teaching is not going to be exciting to you because you're looking for that tingly feeling and uh, emotions and stuff like that. I'm not here for that. I've been there, done that. And I'm the type of guy, I'm an emotional person. I still shed some tears, but for the right reason now. I don't just share because I just feel this way now. You know, and that's going to take some work, even for me. Because certain traditional ways, I still get caught up in once in a while. So it's not an easy thing to just stop doing, but it has to be. It's just like losing weight. You'd be like a yo-yo sometimes. That's the same thing spiritually. But we need to understand the basics on how to lose this spiritual weight and stop being obese in the church. And it's going to learn. It's going to come by learning how to rightly divide God's word. Second Timothy 2 and 15 says, study to show thyself approved. And I'm going to go from here. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why rightly? If you, if, for Paul to put emphasis on rightly, there must be a wrong way that you can divide God's word. And it's more to that when you read First and Second Timothy. I don't want to beat up that verse because you got to read First and Second Timothy to understand why Paul went there. See, you don't want to be ashamed teaching wrong doctrine, and the majority of the churches is teaching and ministering wrong doctrine. Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. This is just the introduction of the church how to try to get out this power to lose weight and get out of this spiritual obesity in the church it's going to take a lot of traditional taking off for us to do that okay this is Joseph Brownlee body of Christ real talk now for the ones that are not saved and you know who you are or you might think you're saved you might think you saved, but I always let you know how to be saved and you might be wrong, but I don't leave nobody with excuses. When I leave here, I let you know how to be saved sincerely, not by words, but sincerely from your heart, your spiritual heart, not the physical heart, how to be saved and the way to be saved is believing by faith. It's all about faith. It's always been by faith through the whole word of God. Everything usually God moves by your faith. Not you saying faith. Not faith and faith like a lot of faith teachers teach faith and faith. No, it's faith in God. Faith in what Jesus done. Not faith in your own faith. It's faith in what Jesus done. It's all about him, not you. See is genuine faith of believer on what he done, not who he was. It's what he done. He was Israel's king and Israel's Messiah, Israel's Yahshua. Israel. He's you and I, the body of Christ, Lord and Savior. He's the head of the church, the body of Christ. Two different programs. But all in all, 
He's God over both the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God. You understand? You follow what I'm saying? Two different programs. One Jesus, one Father, one Holy Spirit. The Godhead, the triune, or some people call it the Trinity. One way to be saved today, not several ways, there's not many ways to go to heaven, Oprah Winfrey. T.D. Jakes, whoever teaches that, there's not many ways to go to heaven. There's only one way. Only one way. And it's not the kingdom of heaven way. It's not believing who Jesus was. It's not confessing your sins. It's not the sinner's prayer. It's not letting Jesus in your heart. It's not obeying the Ten Commandments and all this stuff. It's not trying to stop sinning and none of that. No, that's not the way to get to heaven today. The sinner's prayer never was because there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible, period. There's no letting the Lord in your heart in the Bible, period. Whatever you define that being, letting the Lord in your heart. What do you mean letting the Lord in your heart? You need to get in the Lord. You need to become in Him. See, it's all about being in Him. It's about what he did. Genuine believing on what he did. Not as only all his other traditional stuff. It's what he did. It's what you believe what he did for you and I. See? It's what he did. I'm going to get into the uh, the subject of forgiveness. I wish I had Bray, uh, Trey, brother Trey Cersei. I might even play a little tape of his about forgiveness. And I think I might do that because nobody breaks it down to me better than uh, one of my teachers, Trey Cersei, Truth Time Radio. You can look him up as well. But I'm going to touch on that as well when it comes to forgiveness power because most denominations has an issue with forgiveness of the world. And I'm going to get into that later on, okay? But to be saved today, it ain't got nothing to do with your sins. It got to do with your belief of what Jesus done. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. It's the gospel for today. The only way to be saved today. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Believing that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. You can look that up yourself. You don't have no excuse. I say it so many times. Looked it up yourself. If you have any comments, leave your comments. But look it up yourself. There's only way to be saved today. Believe in that genuinely. Okay? God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee. This is just an introduction on spiritual obesity. There's much, much more to come, Lord's willing, in the next coming shows. God bless you. Love you all. Peace out. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.